0: You know I'm gonna get you whatever it takes to Hello, welcome to, get to the Basic talk, 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 talk Podcast. podcast. I am your host, Adam Caster. Here is always my co-host Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, are you ready to just let our feelings out and vent? Yeah, yeah.
1: This feels like a therapy session, but I'm ready. I'm ready. I've actually been waiting for the show all week. Uh, I'm very, very ready for this. I'm very excited. Um from a producer slash content creator point of view, this show is either going to be one of two things. One, it's going to be terrible in terms of ratings because it is centric to one team in one geographical geographical location, but it's going to be great for us to get to vent our feelings. Or number two, it's going to be fantastic and it's going to be wonderful for all parties involved. I am leading... The latter more so than the former. Or maybe I'm hoping. I don't know. We're going to find out.
0: Well, I am hoping for the latter because obviously you want to put out good content.
1: Oh, I think this has the makings of, of very good content because they're going to be um, – I, I, yeah, there, there are things that have been simmering, I, I, I have to say.
0: Yeah. But before that, you know, as we usually do, just because it wouldn't be a Basement Talk podcast without a deep sleeper. Yeah. What is your deep sleeper or who is your deep sleeper? Uh, my deep sleeper is being an adult. Something that Gerard Gallant does not know how to be. My deep sleeper is me after recording back-to-back podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>
1: fair, fair, fair. No, actually there is, there is uh, something that I wanted, I wanted to uh, to point out for anybody who is, who is curious in this kind of stuff. Um, so I don't know if you, I don't know if you know this about me. I don't know if you do. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. I I don't.
0: We're gonna find out. Is it that you like the Shawshank Redemption? Because I do know that.
1: Well, well, I did watch Shawshank, and Shawshank was 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 quite incredible. It was amazing. But um, I'm a big history buff. I do know that. Okay, so you're a big fan of history. I love my history. I love my especially.
0: Yeah, like genealogy, because I know that you have a very storied family background. Yes, of criminal like crime bosses and stuff like that.
1: Oh, Martha! I can't say anything. Fair enough. C- can't say anything. Can't confirm or deny. But um, big history guy, and they have a series on Disney Plus of all fucking places that it's Nat Geo. So right away, anything Nat Geo is going to be fucking incredible. But basically, what the series is, and maybe it's something that you'd be interested in. I I I don't know. I don't know, Adam. But I'm a big fan of history. Basically, what they do is just like using all sorts of modern technology, they drain away the oceans and like they reveal what's on the bottom and they look at like shipwrecks and mysteries and, and, and stuff like that. Like the last one that I was watching, this was this was last night. And I will be watching it after we record back to back podcasts. Uh, it was on the Titanic, which I thought was fascinating.
0: That's really cool. That's actually really cool.
1: Yeah, yeah. And they like they they break down, like you know how like there's the um, the myth about how the Titanic was up in the air and split. Yeah. They basically confirm or deny whether that actually happened. That's like a big um, uh, conspiracy theory as to whether or not that, that actually happened or or not. And the, the short answer for – actually, you know, I won't say anything for all the people that actually want to watch it. I won't spoil that, that, that part. Leave it as a tease. Yeah, it, it's, it's – it, I, I, I won't spoil it, but very, very good. And they have – like they did a whole bunch of uh, – there are a whole bunch of World War II ones – like uh, uh, German U boats. Like there was w- another one that I was watching where there was a German U boat that was sunk right in the Gulf of Mexico that they uh, dug Wait, up. What?
0: Yeah. In the Gulf of Mexico? Yes. Oh, yeah. Interesting.
1: Yep. That the Germans were basically spying on the U.S. coastline during the buildup and then during World War II. Yeah. Wow. Yep. And, like, they, and, even more so, like it's not just ships and shit like that. Like they were, they did a whole breakdown about the, um, about the Gulf of Mexico, the oil incident.
0: Yep. The oil spill. The big, yep, they did a whole breakdown that? on BP? that, which I
1: thought was really cool. Yeah. It, it was just really like the history nerd in me really uh, is coming out and there are four seasons of this. So I'd be fine if it was just ships, to be honest with you, because I want to know. The majority of just- it is. The majority of it is, and like lost cities and and shit like that. It's really, really, really cool. You, what about the Bermuda Triangle? We talk about that. Yes, there is. So it's not an episode of the, the series, but there's like a special edition one that they have that is just uncovering, or I forget what the, the name of the series is called, the top of my head, but it's um uh un unveiling the Bermuda Triangle or something like that
0: so talk about like is the bermuda triangle actually a myth why do you show me so many ships sink there that sort of thing
1: yes correct uh let me just look up uh the name of the of the series so that way i can give the series the proper cred before just uh before nat geo decides to come after us and uh and and shut us down um shit i literally was just i was just watching it last night well
0: while you're here i'm gonna my deep sleeper isn't actually me train
1: drain the bermuda triangle drain the bermuda triangle interesting yes and then it's like drain the oceans and then it's drain the titanic and uh, drain the oceans world war ii ship edition you know shit like that
0: that's like um what's on the, i think it was on the history channel i watched it in high school it was like a series where what would happen if humans just disappeared off the face of the earth one day, and like how the earth would evolve, and uh, how like all the buildings of all the cities would all be covered in foliage, and what the a- what the animals would would be doing at that time. It's really really fascinating. They used like uh, I guess either like simulations or computer generated uh, graphics to kind of recreate that a little bit. So history is always interesting. And that's not and like, yeah, history and nature. Like it's a it's a really good combination for me. See, I like, I like the planet Earth stuff,
1: but some of it after a while, like it puts me to sleep. Yeah, the narration doesn't help with that. No, Sir David Attenborough does not do me any favors. I love him. I love him. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shit on my man David Attenborough, but the the voice just like it's 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 like it's like listening to the rain and trying to go to sleep. Is a cure for insomnia. Yes. Yes. A panacea for the soul.
0: Yeah. So, my actual deep sleeper that's not me uh, is the weather. You know how hot it is today in Utah? You know how cold it is today in New York? I'll go first. It's
1: 97 degrees here. Oh. Here. here, <laughs> here. Here it's 65 degrees. It's supposed to pour tonight and it's supposed to be 95 tomorrow on Friday. Wow. Yeah. You'll be, I mean, be here. You'll be hearing this on Friday. So it does it doesn't uh matter anyway. You'll be hearing this Friday.
0: So happy yeah, Friday, everybody. And, and it's supposed to be uh 95-ish throughout the whole weekend. So good. The night, yeah. And the nice thing huh. is that you know there's no humidity here because
1: you're it's just dry heat.
0: I literally live in a desert.
1: Yeah, it's dry heat. The 95, 95 that's dry actually feels quite good.
0: Mm, I wouldn't say quite good, but it doesn't hit you in the face like it would if it was humid if it fair. was humid.
1: Very fair. Very fair.
0: Cuz I bet your 95 on Friday is going to hit you like a bus when you yep. walk outside.
1: Yep. And I'll
0: be I'll be at the beach in the morning. Uh, how can you be at the beach when it's that humid outside. I mean, geez. Well, that's why you go in the morning.
1: Yeah. You go in the morning. Nice little three-day weekend, though. Love that. Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then back to work on Monday. And then I'm off for some random day on Tuesday.
0: Uh, yes, that's right. Well, your birthday doesn't... Sorry. That day doesn't fall on Father's Day this year. <laughs> that's Jay. <laughs> 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 that day in particular does not fall on father's day this year
1: nope it is not, not on father's day this year i get my own day thank god yeah
0: thank god sorry you're, did you, you not want me to wiser. mention did you not want me to mention that, it, that tuesday was your birthday <laughs>
1: I, go, go, please go for it you're older you're wiser i've accepted yep. I'm, clo- I'm closer to 50 than i am to uh the year of my the, to the day of my birth
0: very interesting I mean it's true though. You're closing in there, Bucko. That's true. Um two months from Monday will be my 26th birthday. Yep. That's crazy. August 20th. Yep. That is nuts. See,
1: this is this is true podcasting connection right here. We both know each other's birthdays by heart.
0: Yeah. And let me tell you, let me
1: let me tell you for all the people at home, I don't remember birthdays. I suck with birthdays.
0: Oh, I am the worst with birthdays and phone numbers. That's outside of my immediate family. See, phone numbers, I'm actually good with. Phone numbers, phone numbers, I'm, I'm
1: very good with. Directions, I'm very good with. But birthdays, terrible. But my work husband, I know his birthday. Birthdays,
0: I can ballpark. Like, I always, every year I get Adam's birthday wrong. I'm like, July, it's July. I know it's early July, but like July 7th, July 11th. And he's, he's like, nope, but
1: I have, I have a, uh, an an ex and a family friend of ours that have birthdays in September on back-to-back days. And when I was with her, it was very easy for me to remember because I always say, well, you're older. You're first, you're this day. She's younger. She's the next day. So, very easy for for me for me to remember. It's like those those, those little those little tricks to the trade is how yeah. I remember I remember those uh, my birthdays. Like my dad's birthday, I know is the day after Christmas. That's easy. My mom's birthday is five days after New Year's. That's easy. Matt's birthday, birthday, I just I just I just know, I just know.
0: Yeah, my well, can't forget that my,
1: one. Unfortunately,
0: yeah my my cousin's ex, her birthday was actually the same birthday as my grandmother. So it's easy to remember that uh, my grandpa and my sister's childhood friend, their birthdays are on the same day. And I think also my cousin, her birthday is on that day too. It's like That's weird. We, we have a lot of birthdays in September. September, so September, May, and February are the three most popular months in my family for birthdays. And yet here I am, all by myself in August. But my brother-in-law's birthday is in August. And his birthday is actually my mom's half birthday, which is weird. So That's very weird. (laughs) Easy to remember, but weird. Very much so. So, birthdays are fun. Fuck birthdays. That's the the grand scheme of it.
1: Fuck birthdays. Ladies and gentlemen, just letting you know, you get to 21, it's a great fucking birthday, and then after that, it's a
0: year closer to the grave. Uh, One of my other friends, actually, his birthday was on the 14th, and... He was like, Man, I feel old as shit. He was turning 26 also. He's like, Man, I feel old as shit. <laughs> That's how I feel.
1: That's how I feel. I feel fucking ancient. My back hurts. My quads are fucking killing me. Played five hours of, of pickle on Tuesday. My quads are destroyed. My back is killing me. Playing golf tomorrow, too. Playing golf on Sunday, playing golf on Tuesday. Like, God, I'm fall- I'm gonna fall apart before I get to 26.
0: Yeah, I mean, you're playing pickleball like you're back in eighth grade gym. There it is. There it is. There's the accent. I heard it. You, you're, your what did I say? Pickleball. Pickleball? Pickleball. Fuck. You're playing pickleball? Pickleball.
1: Pickleball. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, to, yeah, I will find, I'm going to find the clip of pickleball and, yep. Yeah, you're, you're going to notice your own accent.
0: I notice it occasionally. Okay, good. I, edi- go I haven't edited my, vo- my own voice in a while, but um, I, I, I do notice. I was on a podcast with work where we have, uh, we have a pod, like the CEO ha- had a thing where he's like, everybody in the company should, like we're doing a podcast where everybody in the company, it's like a profile on on yourself and we're going to send it to clients so they have like an idea of who of like what kind of person they're working with, like what their interests are. Who the fuck they are, and their background. And so I was talking about how my grandparents used to live in Fort Lauderdale, and I'm like, and I listened back to it, and I really said, Fort Lauderdale, or Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> yeah, although I don't say Florida like most people from Long Island say Florida, 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 Florida. I don't say I don't say Florida. I say Florida.
1: I oh, don't no, no. See, it depends. It depends. If I really got to think about it, I'll say Florida. But if I'm like if I'm mid sentence, I'm free flow. Florida. My grandparents lived down in Florida. F L A H R I D A. Florida. <laughs> Honey, pack the bags,
0: and we're going to Florida. We're gonna go to see my sister in Boca. Oh God, that's literally that's. It's like half my family. That strike a nerve with you, Adam. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Okay, good. Brought back some repressed memories. <laughs> good, good, good. Uh yeah, we have, we have a few words still. Speaking of suppressed memories, you ready to rip band-aid open? <sighs> yes. God. Well, All right, okay. what do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about the series, like the playoffs as a whole? I or, think it's then... important. I think it's important to talk about the regular season first.
1: I think it's important to talk about the regular season first, then talking about the playoffs as a whole, and then going into what's next, what the future of this team looks like, where the Rangers are going to improve, what subtractions could happen, what additions could happen, and just kind of then giving like a broader scope into what next year could bring i think that's kind of the way we do it
0: yeah also did you see that fucking shea weber trade that just had that happened today jeff gorton is unbelievable
1: how he got that contract off the books is a miracle he is he is incredible i love him i love jeff now that'll change if he decides to offer she capocaca
0: oh would you be shocked nope i wouldn't be shocked one bit one bit. But so no, he's busy. gonna he's gonna offer sheet Georgiev. No, I think Georgiev is unrestricted free agent. No, he is restricted. He is restricted? Yeah. Oh or no, nice. Was, oh nice. Okay, yeah. we'll get something for him. Cool. Or maybe he'll uh offer sheet Julian Gotier, who's also a restricted free agent. Good with that. Anyway. So the regular season for the Rangers um, it was a tale of two seasons really where in the the first half of the regular season, basically before the trade deadline, we're in a situation where you know it was a lot of how the team looked against the lightning for games three through six. Where it was The team couldn't score at 5-on-5 five five To save their life They relied very heavily On Igor Shisterkin, And their power play was like The fucking 70s Canadiens And then After the trade deadline After getting Andrew Kopp Frank for Toronto, Tyler Mott Justin Braun uh, Not playing not- Patrick Nemeth Not playing Patrick, I mean, what a concept. Unbelievable, I know. The team got better at five-on-five. The power play was still great. Igor was still great. And, um, you know, they were – they went to the playoffs as the second-place team in the Metro, and we had high hopes for them because they were looking really, really good, except for a couple games against Carolina, uh, where they looked like a completely different team. Pittsburgh, with Pittsburgh too. Game three, game three, and game four against Pittsburgh were fucking. No, awesome. I'm talking like regular season
1: game. The oh, in the regular season, I see, I see, I see.
0: Yeah, you know they look like a like a shell of their former selves, but um, heading into the playoffs, you're like, oh, this team could actually do something, and they have a series against the Penguins, a team that they handily beat during the regular season. And, you know, it wasn't looking good to start for sure. I don't know. What, what do you got on that? See, I'm going to
1: kind of disagree with you on, on a couple of key points. Um, I'll be the first one to say that I really didn't have heightened expectations going in. Going in, I said, okay, Even let's just even backtrack further. Let's backtrack to the start of the season. The expectations going into the start of the season for me were if this team could somehow get to the playoffs in a metropolitan division that was absolutely loaded, that I said the Islanders were better than the Rangers, Hurricanes were better. um, Who else am I fucking missing? Pittsburgh was better and the Capitals were better. They were better teams, I thought, at least coming in. So I said automatically that's a steep hill to climb. topple those teams as you progressively got along i said i was keep saying to myself okay you know it might be something here might be something here and then you know expectations were raised a little bit of like oh okay kind of knew deep down in like december january we kind of knew that this was going to be a playoff team but we didn't know how far they were going to go and the expectations then changed from, okay, we're a playoff team. We've gotten there. Now, what can we do? What, What can we do with this little thing that we have going on known as the New York Rangers with obvious areas that needed to be improved? As you had mentioned, the five on five play was dismal. The power play was fine enough, but, Very much shades of the old New York Rangers before the deadline, after the deadline, pre-playoffs and during the playoffs, relying on the goaltender to bail the team out at certain spots. Igor Shisterkin stood in his head. He's a Trophy winner for a reason. Not official, but it's basically official without being official. And they needed to make additions, and they did. Andrew Kopp was great. Frank Petrano was great. Justin Braun was incredible perfect i love him for the sole reason of i didn't have to see patrick nemeth on a nightly basis tyler mott was fantastic but going into the playoffs that stretch run of when the guys you know finally came in settled cop basically was a point of game player and entering the playoffs while he was on the well whilst he was with the rangers Frank Petrano fitting perfectly on the, on the first line with, with Chris Kreider, Mika Zibanejad. Mott was perfect for a bottom six. Then he missed, uh, what was it? A month or so with uh, a lower body injury, Adam.
0: Yeah, I think so. Something like that. He did miss team. He missed a few games or if not the whole series. In Pittsburgh. I think,
1: I think it was like 14 games that he missed total. I think was the number. I'm not a hundred percent positive on that, but, he was great for a bottom six when he was there, and Justin Braun really steadied the ship. I thought on on our third defensive pair with Braden Schneider, who, by the way, Braden Schneider was awesome. And we'll be talking about Braden Schneider when we talk about what's next with the Rangers. Um, at, at, at the end, we're just getting started here. Um, but going into going into the playoffs, I mean, I was I wasn't thinking, oh yeah, this team could win against Carolina because I, I I mean I said it. Well, immediately. I did. I
0: didn't. You know, if you if this I team was like, get
1: past Pittsburgh, the rest is house money, and you you, you yep. just fucking go for it. And I'm like, and, and you know what? Eventually, we did get past Pittsburgh, and then it was house money from that from from that point. So, if we're talking about did they meet expectations this year, the answer is yes. They did meet expectations this year. This New York Rangers team.
0: Yeah, and you know, judging by. The series, the games against Carolina, you know, the game where he, where Georgiev basically stood on his head against the Hurricanes, notwithstanding, you know, the Rangers looked considerably worse against the Hurricanes. And, you know, going back to the games that they played against the Hurricanes in the bubble, because obviously they didn't play, the Hurricanes were in the, in the central, I think is what it was called, yeah. in the 21 season. And they had to play the Lightning in the the first round of the – oh, the second round of the playoffs. Uh, But, you know, we – both of you, both you and myself, didn't think that Carolina was going to lose to the Rangers. You know, we thought that, like, the Carolina had their number. But, you know, it turned out that the Rangers, you know, with Igor, with that power play, Carolina couldn't win on – couldn't went on the road to save their life, their lives either. And that really helped. But, um, and also helped just... the
1: Carolina's power play was fucking inept.
0: Yes. And they came out incredibly flat in game seven, like ridiculously flat in game seven Carolina on, on, game on
1: home ice too, which is, which yep. is crazy. And, and, you know, I've, I've got to give credit to the, the home environment that Carolina uh, has that, cr- that crowd gets loud. And, you know, that was a hostile environment for a young team like the Rangers to go into in game seven. And I, I thought winning that kind of game is huge, is huge for the development of this team, because it's one thing to win a game seven on home ice and friendly confines and overtime and the euphoria of it all. It's another thing to go on the road and win a game seven convincingly. Yep. Convincingly.
0: Where- by the third period, it was just anxiety at that point. Like, there was, I didn't actually think the Rangers were going to blow that leap.
1: Uh, yes. Had. By, by the third period, we were saying, How are the Rangers going to fuck this up? While deep down saying they're not going to fuck this up, right? They're, they're just not going to fuck this up. Please don't fuck this up.
0: Because,
1: like, please don't be the Leafs. Please, for the love of God, don't be the Toronto, please. Exactly right. But they they surpassed expectations at that point. And like I said, for the development of the core group of players that we have, especially the young kids, it's huge, huge that you you were able to go on on the road in Game 7 and win in that kind of environment against a really, really good team in in Carolina, which, by the way, I do want to point out and say that, yes – Probable that the series would have been a different story if Freddie Anderson was in goal over Ronta who did stay yeah, the on whiles that the home.
0: Rangers would have won in six or five instead of seven.
1: Eh, I can't, I, I, I can't say that. I can't say that when I'm putting Ranta, when I'm
0: putting my
1: unbiased cap on. I can't say that.
0: Well, the way that Antiranta was playing, you knew that, like at home especially, you knew that series is going to seven absolutely but but at the same time i also want to point
1: out the whole the whole bullshit argument that carried with the rangers of oh but they're only beating backup goaltenders guess what they can't win either way because if we beat the backup goaltenders oh you just beat backup goaltenders if we lose to backup goaltenders it's ha you lost to backup goaltenders so you can't fucking win you cannot fucking win with these idiots that exist on hockey
0: twitter well, why don't you tell those Maple Leafs fans that they lost to a forty-two-year-old Zamboni driver that works for them? Fair How about that. Fair. Fair point. Just saying. Yep. I'm not like not saying anybody in particular, any dumb decisions in particular, but um, yeah, I some of those takes were atrocious. It just felt like are. a. It felt like like a vendetta, like an axe to grind against the Rangers for just existing and being ahead of schedule in a rebuild. Yes. Yes. But I don't know why. Like, because it's New York. Like, I don't know. It's because they want to say that every Jacob Trouba hit is like uh, Claude Lemieux on Chris Draper. Sure. Sure, which I don't really believe as much because a lot of guys were ducking before getting hit on that on a couple of them, especially in fact. But um, uh, that's not why we're here. And a lightning series happened. Yeah. I mean, look. I'll be the first to admit also expectations were then through the roof
1: when we went up to nothing against the lightning. They were, they were because it was, it, it was feel good. Like, wow, we're up to nothing against the two time back-to-back champs. Like that's ridiculous. Well, the thing and let, is- let me tell you something for someone that was there in the building game one, holy shit. Like you, you want to talk about hot. That place was on fire game one.
0: Yeah, and it was a no-lose situation because if they beat the lightning, then it's like, wow, I cannot believe they beat the lightning. We're going to the Stanley Cup final. Fantastic. And probably
1: getting smoked by Colorado.
0: Right. And if they lose, it's like, well, nobody expected them to make it this far. You know, this is a great learning experience. Yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the at the end
1: of the day, and I thought I thought John Cooper said this perfectly that it was a young team that had not had the experience of getting that far and they just simply gassed out, they played what? 24 games in
0: a matter of 48 days. Something like that. I mean, they were playing every other day for a couple, for like a month and a half.
1: Right. Essentially. Right. Without any extended time off or, or anything. The Lightning came out flat in games one and game two. But then they got their legs back when the Rangers were starting to lose their legs. And absolutely 100%, John Cooper is 100% right. that the Rangers just got, they got tired. They got tired, they got gassed out, and the Lightning were fresh. And not even fresh, they were also experienced. They had been there before. They had done this. So it wasn't like it was a huge surprise that the two back-to-back defending cup champs were able to impose their game at times when we were struggling for legs.
0: Yeah. And the lightning are just a more well-rounded team. They're better five on five. I mean, the goaltending is, has, has been more proven in the playoffs. I would say that, that Igor, but yeah, their defensive structure, I talked about this in the Stanley Cup preview, but their you know their defensive structure is really good. And they're, they're a better overall team than the Rangers, and that's not a hot take. I mean, they're the back-to-back stand, defending Stanley Cup champions. They were able to get the
1: matchups they wanted even when they weren't there. Like, I can recall game five, we're saying, oh, yeah, uh, John Cooper's not going to be able to get Sorelli on the ice with Mika and with Kreider. What happens? They still find a way. They're making changes on the fly. They're getting Sorelli on the ice at all times. That's a team with experience. That's a team that's been there and it's done that before. And that's what it just comes down to. And, and, and we'll get to this because this is coming up shortly. It's better coaching. It's better coaching as well. And, And there, there are two coaches in the National Hockey League maybe three that if you said right now that they would come to the New York Rangers and Gerard Gallant would have to go, I'd be like, okay, bye. Yeah. There's three. One of them was, well, one is available and one was most recently available until he got hired.
0: And then the other one is playing tomorrow night.
1: And the other one is playing tomorrow night. Correct. John Cooper, Bruce Cassidy and Barry Trotz.
0: Yeah. I mean, that you're absolutely right because Gerard Land, i mean he's a good coach but he has his flaws he's still an old curmudgeon guy that makes dumb decisions he's a hockey player that's he the is problem a, he's well, a hockey he is, player legitimately he is a hockey player and, and that's what that's like
1: that's what drives me nuts and and i guess we're here we're here we're gonna fucking talk about it with him not playing Capo Capococco in game six. We're here. Like, th- this this is when this shit just goes off the rails now. What the fuck is he doing? Like, okay, I understand you want to change some things up, right? But in what fucking universe is this New York Rangers team better at any points with Kevin Rooney and Dryden Hunt in the lineup over Capococco? Please, please, Adam, explain that to me. Like, I'm on my knees. I'm begging.
0: Well, in a vacuum, Dryden Hunt being in the lineup is not a bad thing. In a vacuum, sure. But also, knowing what we know now about Ryan Strom's injury and how hurt he is and was at the time, why in good conscience would you play him? Why?
1: Because apparently a period and a half of Ryan Strom was better than a full game of Capocaca.
0: One leg Ryan Strom on a busted pelvis, one leg who could barely skate, is your second line center. Yep. Over Andrew Kopp, who has been who performed well as a second line center. And that's the one line that you don't change. Also, you shuffle all the other lines, but you leave that one. I don't get it.
1: It makes no sense to me. It makes no sense to me. But then it's a matter of, and I listened to Kako's exit interview that he did with the media uh, just yesterday. It, just yesterday, I listened to him. And him basically saying that he wasn't even informed. Like, Jericho Lant didn't come up to him and be like, hey, listen, we're trying some things up. You're a big part of our future. That you've been playing well, you've been on our best line the entire playoffs, but we just want to try something different. Okay, cool. You've done what you've had to do as a coach, but nope, nope. And he doesn't even—he
0: doesn't even know why he was scratched. That's—that's that's the I, most
1: mind-boggling thing of it all.
0: I swear, Gerard Gallant has a sign in his office that says "Fuck them kids." Like, how many times too have we
1: been in close enough games, and we've seen like against Tampa, the kids' line was limited because they were matched up against Stamkos and Kucherov, and that is no easy task, right? But against Carolina and against Pittsburgh, our best line, period, in in. Bowl series with yep. the kid line. They're still playing. No, I, I don't think they they played more than twelve minutes in any playoff game. Like, yeah. make it make it make sense
0: when you're you know Barkley Goodrow who's out there.
1: Like, and, and don't get me wrong, Barkley Goodrow he he
0: toughed it out. And I Barkley Goodrow also on a busted, on uh, you know he's on a busted ankle who probably should be out there in the first place. All credit in the world that he's out there.
1: Please explain to me what Barkley Goodrow offers in the offensive end that the kids don't.
0: You can't Base-offs. You okay. Do what... That's it I guess. I guess. That's like, to it. To me, it doesn't make sense.
1: And I mean, to me, to me This is
0: how you alienate. This is how you alienate prospects. Oh, it's how you get
1: 30 other 29 other teams, 30 other teams. To come in and be like, we'll give an offer sheet.
0: RFA's have left for less. I mean, did what did the, the Canadians do to Yasper Kondyemi to make him want to sign for Carolina? I mean, I don't know, but you know, Vitali Krasov notwithstanding, because he actually signed a a contract, a one year oh, contract, which is that's another crazy. discussion that's coming. <laughs> But, I mean, if Capococco gets signed to an offer sheet, do we even know if the Rangers are going to match nope. at that point? Nope. No. And and, and and before that,
1: I thought it was taken to the bank. I thought it was taken to the fucking bank that Paco gets a bridge deal, like somewhere in the range of three years, three and a half, four million a year, and that's it. And it's
0: done. I don't know now. Yeah. And I I mean, don't, the Rangers, they, the Rangers they, don't have a lot of cap space either. They have, ten,
1: they have 10 million in cap space. I don't know. I don't know if that's an updated number with Sammy already
0: signing. According to CapFriendly, their projected cap space is 11,933,531. Okay,
1: so then I'm on spot track. So then the the number probably is updated with Sammy Blay, so then it's ten million. And if you buy out, if you buy out Patrick Nemeth, then you would get some relief there, right? I mean, yeah, no team is going to pay Kaco ten million a year, but say you have Jeff Gordon up in Montreal, drafted Kapokaco for the Rangers on a rebuilding Montreal team. He could promise Capocaccio top six minutes.
0: Well, listen, who wouldn't have drafted Capocaccio in that draft? It was it was either him or Jack Hughes, correct? At, in the in the first round, correct. You think Jeff Gordon is not going to
1: think is gonna is going to not think about giving Capocaccio an off sheet? He's going to think about it. Of course, he would, should. as he absolutely fucking should. And quite honestly, I don't know if the Rangers will match. I, I I don't, and that that scares me. Because then, then you have a dilemma of, well, now what do you do? What's the next move at right wing? Because we have, we, we have, a, we have a hole at right wing with Capococco. Without him, we have an even bigger hole at right wing. And, and the move then would be to bring back Frank Petrano? Like, listen, I love Frank. I love Frank. I hope he comes back on a team-friendly deal but I see him, I could realistically see him with the way that he played in the regular season with the Rangers and in the postseason. I could see him getting a four or five-year deal somewhere else. It would be classic Lou Lamorello to give Frank Petrano a four or five-year deal to go play with the Islanders. It'd be fucking classic. He did it it with Ryan Clough, gave Ryan Klo a six-year deal after the Rangers made their cup run Ryan Clough that's a name I've ever heard in a long time and he played for a year and then retired and that and, yep. and that was that was it but I, I could see with with Petrano you know I honestly if we're looking at the deadline acquisitions and who's the least likely to come back Petrano is least likely that for me
0: for Petrano me sucks because he did really well for the for the team in the playoffs
1: he did really well. That's the problem: is that he's going to in line for a significant race. He was playing on the first line with Kreider and Sabanajad. He was terrific for us. He's got a great shot. Some team is going to want to pay for that. But it, he said he wants to come back to the Rangers. I don't know if we're going to be able to, to afford it, though. It's like, the money. So Adam, Adam, let's just play. Let's just play a little game, shall we? Out of all the notable free agents that we have. If you want to write these down, you can might be a little bit easier to sort them out. Out of. And putting numbers into the mix as well. Ryan Strom, Capo Frank Vetrano, Tyler Mott, Justin Braun, Andrew Kopp. Who would you think are going from most likely to least likely going to be back with this team next year?
0: Well, I think that Chris Drury really likes Andrew Kopp, and I think that Andrew Kopp would be great for this team as a second line center. Um, I think he would be most likely to come back, and then, um, probably Frank Vetrano, even though it's going to be tough. Uh, and then Tyler Mott, and then Justin Braun, and then Ryan Strom.
1: Where's Capo Caco?
0: Oh, Capo is probably in between Vitrano and Mott. For me, it's Cop One, Caco Two, Braun
1: Three, Mott Four, Vetrano, Five, Strom Six.
0: Yeah. I mean, and I don't, you know, go
1: the, ahead, go the ahead. Funny th-
0: Sorry, the funny thing is, uh, Vancouver fans, you look at them in, in uh, you know, the NHL subreddit, they're like, we love Tyler Mott, you're, like, you're going to love Tyler Mott, he's one of our favorite players when he was in uh, Vancouver, and he, he just seems like an all-around great guy. Love and Tyler he, Mott. I would be ecstatic, ecstatic if Tyler Mott were to uh, come back for the Rangers.
1: I love Tyler Mott. And if he if he were to resign on a two or three year deal, I wouldn't be complaining at all. But I think there's going to be a team out there that's going to pay a bottom six forward three or four years at maybe two and a half, three, maybe three and a half a year, and that just ain't it for me.
0: The uh, old Barclay Goodrow contract?
1: No, I don't think Mott gets six. No, 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 no. But if if Mott's willing to sign for three years at two and a half, sure. I, I'm in. I'm in with that. But if it's three for three and a half, ew. I don't know if I love that that much. Like I said with Petrano, I think he probably gets a four or five year deal somewhere. Ryan Strom is in it for the bag at this point. He's 29 years old. He's probably going to get a five or a six year deal. And he'll probably be in a, He'll probably have a market where he can command it. Um, I
0: such a love-hate relationship with Ryan Strom. It's ridiculous. The lasting memory
1: is going to be him missing an open fucking net which time they say sarcastically true true um with braun if braun is willing to come back on a one-year deal and be a seventh defenseman i have no problem with that no
0: problem with that at all yeah i'm just saying braun is like lower on my list just because i don't know braun is very
1: replaceable though
0: he's very old he might want to go to another team he might even retire who knows
1: yeah yeah definitely possible uh, Kako for me, I think it's pretty self-explanatory and cop. The age old dilemma that is Andrew cop. <sighs> I just don't think he's worth giving a six year deal out to. If it's, if he wants six year, lesser term or four years, higher term. It's like stuck in a rock at a hard place between a rock and a hard place. Cause uh, for me, I don't think Andrew cop is a second line player on a Rangers team and gets to a cup final. I just don't.
0: Probably not. And, you know, you want to have some room for growth for the kids also.
1: You've already given out your bad bottom six understandable long-term contract to Barkley Goodrow. You can't do that twice with Andrew Cop now when your number is very small this
0: year. You can't do yes. it.
1: You cannot
0: and do it. Andrew Kopp I mean, Andrew Cropp's good because he can't, he doesn't just play center either. He has a lot of versatility. He can play both wings. Um up and down the lineup. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that brings value to the team. Absolutely. And that's something that the Rangers really need. And that's like why Barclay Goodrow is really valuable, is because he has playoff experience and he can play up and down the lineup and play all three forward positions. And there aren't a lot of players on this team that can play all three forward positions. But being able, to, pl- being able to play all three forward positions and play up and down the lineup is worth six years? No, but you're, no, really play- you're never, paying him based never on his never. potential. You're paying him based on his potential and not really what he did for you in the playoffs as much. Okay, so let me just pull up
1: Andrew Kopp here. The most points that Andrew Kopp has had in a season where this past year. He had 53 points. You're gonna pay a guy that is a career high in points at 53, a six-year deal.
0: No, 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 with only 21 goal, 21 goals and 32 assists. Yeah, and like I said, we've
1: already dished out a silly contract for a bottom six forward with Barkley Goodrow. And Barkley Goodrow, for what it's worth, had a career year points-wise with the Rangers.
0: Yeah. And, you know, there are and some I, great
1: – I like Barkley Goodrow. Like, I I, I don't – I get this all the time that I'm the guy that wants to talk shit about Barkley Goodrow. No. Nuh-uh. I like Barkley Goodrow. I know why we have Barkley Goodrow. Because every cup team has a Barkley Goodrow.
0: Every are, last one.
1: Some, some just have Barkley Goodrow. And some just have Barkley Goodrow. Exactly. Every team has a version of Barkley Goodrow, has someone that plays that role. Yes. You can't be giving out six year deals like they're fucking candy at Hershey. Like it's for fun. You have to be able to be smart with what you're giving out. And you have to, and we have to remember also that. We're going to have to start thinking about what the, what we're going to do with two other of our kids, Keandre Miller and Alexi Lafreniere,
0: and Filipeau. And also. yeah, yeah. Well,
1: I also want to point out that Filipeau was not a question before he went was not went into the playoffs. I thought Filipeau was done. I thought Filipeau was getting traded, no doubt about it. But now, oh, oh, oh no,
0: no. And I mean, Filipeau Ryan... could be our second line center next year. Also, also, Ryan Lindgren's deal is up in two years.
1: <sighs> he's not coming back. Oh, that's going to be annoying. Because that's Ryan Lindrid is going to want the bag. And we have so many so many other
0: defensemen. see, he's got to pay those doctor bills for all those injuries that he sustained in the playoffs. We're going to get there eventually. But
1: I think... In three or four years' time, we're looking at the Rangers' number one defensive pairing, Keandre Miller and Adam Fox. I'll take it. That is the pairing. And then number two pairing, who we'll get to also in a minute, Braid Steiner partnered with somebody else who, when we talk not, about – Not what, Jacob Trouba. No. or or Jacob Truba because because also this also goes with it Jacob Truba and Chris Kreider have no moves that expire at the end of 2023 20 at the end of 2023 2024 season one of them is getting dealt
0: probably one of them is getting dealt there's no doubt in my mind Chris if Kreider's I contract had, is not is nonsense and Jacob Truba's contract has a potential to age pretty poorly in the future, if I had to guess
1: as to who the guy is that would get moved, my bet right now is Jacob Truber.
0: Jacob Truber is an old 28. Not even know. an
1: old 28. It's just we have so many other fucking defensemen.
0: Well, like, uh, you know, he, Niels Lundquist, ever heard of him? Missing Persons, started an APB for yeah, and, Niels Lundquist and Zach Jones. Down yeah, and Hartford. you could also.
1: You could also say the same thing with uh, with left wing, that maybe Brennan Offman is the guy that replaces Chris Kreider.
0: Well, Brennan I don't, Othman, but, but, playing, but Brennan uh, Offman, right? he can Brennan play Offman right. and
1: Chris Kreider play two totally different games, so I don't know how how you know comparable that you know really
0: is, to be honest. And you know you can put him on the right too, if you want. Who Kreider or Offman? Offman. You could. You could. Yeah. I mean, winners are a lot more versatile That, like, I don't know. I don't know about that.
1: We saw Alexi Lafreniere try and play on the right wing with Kreider and Zavanajad during the regular season. And he, Ooh, that was bad.
0: Yeah. I mean, also, uh, Libor Hayek is an RFA. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> Not on my podcast. You're going to
0: talk about Libor Hayek.
1: Nope, not here. nuh uh No chance. No.
0: Okay. Sorry. Uh, other defensemen, you know, you have Matthew Robertson who's there as well in in Hartford. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I, I don't I don't know. So I just feel like I feel like Matty Robertson is probably gonna be one of those guys that gets traded for somebody. I I don't know.
0: Well, I mean, people have been saying that about Zach Jones too, because it's just Gerard, Gerard just just goes to lengths. The lengths that he goes to avoid playing him, man, I'm, I really sounded like Greg Kaplan right now. But the lengths True. that Gerard Grant goes to avoid playing Zach Jones is ridiculous.
1: It's stupid. It, it really, it really is. But let's just play a hypothetical game right now. Say the Rangers are a borderline playoff team next year, maybe fighting for a wild card. We're, we're we're lowering the bar, you know, being realistic with our expectations because it's obviously not going to be the same team as it was. But let's just say, right, and this was with some cap maneuvering, you can absorb some money, and you can give Chicago a package for Patrick Kane, who's on the last, who would be on an expiring contract. You get Patrick Kane as a rental. And you have Patrick Kane come in and either play on the first line with Kreider and Zabanajad, or the dream scenario, put him on the second line with Artemi Panarin. And you recreate Panarin with Kane. So I would imagine Matthew Robertson or Zach Jones, if not both, would have to be involved
0: in that. I would think. I'm curious. I'm going to look at. So Patrick Kane had. Oh, well, he had 92 points last year in Mm -hmm. 78 games. That's not bad. I mean, it's still. Well, no, it's not as bad. It's not as good as his last full season.
1: Adam, come on now. Come on now. We're, we're, We're trying to water down the fact that he had 92 fucking points. I know. Come on now. But 66 of those were assists. Not to mention, Patrick Cade is a big game player. And he would be, oh my God, he would be
0: incredible with the Rangers. He's a New Yorker, though. He, I mean, that is, I mean, he's from Buffalo, but still. He is from New York. He would be incredible with the Rangers.
1: Like, even as a rental, like, oh my
0: God. Yeah, well, obviously, because he's a, Ten yeah, and a half million dollar cap hit.
1: Yeah. And Chicago would have to absorb some of that. No, no, no doubt about it. They would have to absorb
0: some well, of that you just for, do it to, for
1: it to work. Pack it,
0: package deal. Also, he has a no move. And so, okay. So he
1: would, have to, he would have to determine where he goes. Perfect. Yeah. Even better. So even better. He he could basically determine that he wants to go play with the Rangers and play
0: with Artemi Panarin again. Package deal. Yep. I'm good with that. Cannon Taves, 20. 20, $21 million of expiring contract
1: cap hit. I'm good with Jonathan Taze. I'm, 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 I'm no, thank you. I'll,
0: I'll pass. Yeah. Well, he, he's pass. not, he's not been himself for sure. No, I'll take Patrick Kane. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, thank you very Patrick much. Patrick Kane would be, would be good.
1: Yeah. No, no. Patrick I mean, Kane, Patrick Kane. Yes. But it's it, it not going to, to a head, getting too ahead of ourselves. One of them is going to have, is going to have to go and more. Probably and then also got to put Nils Lundqvist in that conversation as well, um, whatever whatever value he has. You know, I don't, I don't really know. At, well, at this point,
0: I think we should talk about the other, the you know, the elephant in the room, Vitaly Kraftsov. He would probably be a part of that, I would imagine. Well, any the tra- a trade for Patrick Kane, you mean, or just the yeah the trade Rangers for Patrick offense? Kane? Mm-hmm. Well, yes, but I mean like. As far as future plans, Patrick Kane trade notwithstanding, if that even happens,
1: he's going to have an opportunity to, to play significant minutes. He's going to be in comp. He's going to be in competition with Kapokako, uh, maybe even Alexei Lafreniere, and whoever they decide to bring in and uh, play
0: right wing one. Well, the key factor is is that that is a one way contract. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, awesome. why, I wonder why they made it a one-way contract.
1: To entice him to come back. So that way they can't well,
0: shove him in Hartford
1: without him having to clear through waivers?
0: Yeah, he must, have, he must have seen some shit in Hartford. I don't know. I
1: don't know what happened there. No idea. But that's the reason. That That is 100% the reason that they probably said, look, we want you to play here. I don't know if Chris Drury said that. Probably not. But we want to see what you can do or what you can get us. If we get a suitable offer for you, we'll trade you. If not, you're guaranteed you'll be up in the big club and you're on a one-year deal, and then whatever happens at that point, you can walk, and that's it.
0: Well, also, I think that considering the current geopolitical climate, I don't think a lot of players want to be in the KHL right now. Fair. Fair.
1: Fair point. That's also a, a very fair, fair point.
0: But I mean, there are, there are a bunch of different factors as to why Vitaly Kravtsov would change his mind, I guess, and sign a contract with the Rangers.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say so. I would say so. So, I want to do I want to do an exercise before we go, and. I could probably do mine first if you wanted to come up with yours. Or if you want to do it together, we could do it together. But yeah, we'll do it together. We'll do it together. I want to come up with a team that we think the Rangers could realistically field next
0: year. Oh, so no Patrick Kane, Vincent Trocek, Patrick Lyonet. Here now nah, we're gonna be to we're gonna be
1: realistic. We're gonna be okay. realistic and considering cap situation and and things like that. So let me just pull up uh my handy dandy notepad. Okay. So we'll start with the first line, we'll start on offense. So that's Kreider. That's Mika. And I'm gonna put laugh Okay. I'll put Laffey. So, Laffy. Okay. Number two, number uh, second line. Sorry, Panarin. I'm gonna put Filipedel there, and I'm gonna put a, uh caco there.
0: Okay. Third line. Barkley Goodrum. Uh, probably in the center, I would
1: say, or left wing. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Now the, now the question now becomes, if we're looking at free agent centers, who is going to, who could be had at an affordable cost? And there was a name that I had heard that it wasn't even from anywhere. A, a buddy actually sent it in a group chat that I'm in. And I was like, wow, I, I actually kind of like that. And. The name that was mentioned was Paul Stastny.
0: You know, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, you know, Paul Stastny would be interesting, but he's fit, he's, I don't know, old. He's thirty six. He's yeah, but he's I, not what he used to be. No,
1: he's not what he not what he used to be. But for a guy that probably would take would take somewhere in the range of three million on a one year deal, maybe to come in and a guy that is successful at the face-off dot,
0: sure, why not? Yeah, I mean, he had 45 points last year, 21 goals, 24 assists in 71 games, but, like... He also has a career-win
1: percentage at the faceoff dot at
0: 57%. Yes, and he is a good mentor for our other centers, you know, yeah. like, like Phil Beetle, for example. Yep. I, so... I would probably put, I would probably put Paul Stastny down. Interesting, and Paul Stastny can play either center or left wing, according to Fred. Yep, he can. All right, so we'll put we'll put Stastny down
1: as our third center. So that our right wing is that Krasov,
0: probably.
1: All right, or oh, Tyler Mott. Maybe. Well, I was gonna put Mott on the fourth line. Okay. So we put Mott in the fourth line. Probably gonna be in need of a of another center for the fourth line. And there were a couple names that when I looked that I do kind of like. Um I would say Darren Helm on Colorado, but I don't know if I really want two 30, high 30 year old centers um, to be my third and fourth line guys. Don't know if I love that too much. Um, Marcus Johansson in Washington, but he may go, he may be in line for a little bit of a raise. So I don't know if I love that too much. Um, but the one name that I, I came across that I really do like is Brandon Sutter
0: from the Canucks from the Canucks huh it's not a not a bad idea
1: he was hurt he was hurt this year you could bring him in on a friendly enough contract and maybe you get something done there and then Another name that I do like as well, Matty Perot with the Canadians.
0: What about Kyler Yamamoto of the Oilers?
1: As a restricted free agent, though, at twenty-three, I don't love that. I would rather I would rather be going for a guy that's an, that's an unrestricted free agent, personally.
0: Also, Evan Rodriguez. Then he's available.
1: He might be in line for a little bit of a raise.
0: Maybe Kyle Turris. Kyle Turris is interesting. I don't know if he's washed or not. That's the thing. Yeah, but you're
1: asking to play fourth line minutes.
0: Yes. So it's not like. It's not the worst thing in the world. No, if he ends up sucking,
1: it's not the worst thing in the world. But, but now this this is like the question. If we're considering cap the cap numbers into this. Say Kako Kaco comes in at three at three million a year. Let's just say Stastny comes in at three. Mott comes in at two and a half. Then you cut Nemeth, so you get some savings there. You're 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 still probably about three and a half million to go and spend, unless. Unless you're gonna move Mott and have Mott be the center and then do something like Sammy Blay on the left and Ryan Reeves on the right.
0: Oh yeah, Sammy Blay is still here.
1: Yeah. That's right. That's, that's what I think that could happen if they don't sign anybody else. I'm gonna do that actually.
0: Tyler so Matt can't play it doesn't isn't listed as a center. He's listed as a
1: center on um, on spot track. Not on cap friendly. He's listed as a center. I know him more as a winger. But if it says he can play center, I'm good with that. I've always known him as a winger. So
0: it's weird. It, yeah, cap friendly. It says left wing,
1: right wing. So I don't know. I've always known him as I've always known him as a winger myself. So yeah. But let's let's just put we'll put in a name down. So we'll say we'll say we'll say I mean we'll we'll,
0: we'll say Terrace. Well, I mean, listen. Knowing the coach that we have, Gerard Gland, Ryan Reeves will find his way in the slide-up.
1: Yeah, I agree. I agree. So Reeves
0: may, Reeves is on that yeah. right wing. I agree. Okay.
1: He's on this team. He will be on the team. How much he plays is another thing, but he will be on the team. And then it's just it's just a, a fourth center at that point. Um, yeah, I don't. Maybe we'll bring back I
0: mean, Greg McKeag
1: no oh god no god good god no (laughs) um not derek Stepan. no thank you i'm good i'm gonna put I'll, i'll put down perot i'll put down perot or tourists someone's someone's gonna be cheap so it's gonna be cheap could play good bottom six minutes is not gonna break the bank right that's kind of what we're after uh, and then the defense pairs, I think, kind of make themselves. It's Lindgren. It's Fox. It's Miller. It's Truba, Schneider. And then for me, I'd be Zach Jones. I would be team Zach Jones.
0: Yeah, unless they bring back Justin Braun. All right, so I'll put Jones slash
1: Braun. And then in goal, it's Igor with friend of the podcast, Keith Kincaid, as backup. Because honestly, because honest to God, who fucking cares who the backup is? If we lose Igor, we're fucked.
0: I mean, the thing is, I don't think we have enough money to bring back with all this stuff. I don't know if we have enough money to bring back Georgiev, even though he's an RFA.
1: No, we don't. We don't. We could tend we could tender him. We could tender him. Yeah. And but someone's gonna give him an offer sheet, and, and that's gonna be the easiest offer sheet ever. Well that we'll get the call. We'll get the call from like uh Edmonton.
0: Kyle Dubis is gonna be like, listen, we want this guy. He kills the
1: maple Leafs. we want this guy. Kyle Dubas, yeah. <laughs> Kenny Holland as well. Like uh, Kenny Holland will be will be on the phone from Edmonton to uh, Chris Drury. Yeah, we just gave Alexander Georgiev an offer. Oh, yeah, yep. Yeah, take him. You're good. You're good. Give us a draft pick. All right, Ken, goodbye.
0: Yeah, that's probably what's going to happen. And he, he's he's going to start somewhere. I, I have a funny, funny feeling. Well, the thing is, Georgiev needed, you know, he needs to be in a good situation where he's starting regularly. Yeah. And I think that if he signs in either Toronto because Jack, can't. you know, they're going to let Jack Campbell walk probably because they don't have a lot of cap space either. Um, You know, Edmonton. he's going to be Edmonton, Edmonton makes so much sense. Edmonton would be very interesting. And honestly, like your give leave would be great because we have uh, a couple gold goaltending prospects in the system that we need to get them some experience in the show like yep. Tyler Wall and Adam Husker. Yep. Or our good friend Keith Kincaid. Or our good friend Keith Kincaid, or Olaf Lindblom, who's also yeah. pretty solid. Yeah, but uh, pl-
1: there, there are plenty of in-house options that we can yeah, that we can choose from. Tyler Wall and Adam Musker are actually free agents, by the way, and so is Keith. Keith, you could bring back. I- I'm confident that if Chris Drury were to call Keith and be like, "Hey, Keith, we need you- we need you to come back up," uh, Igor, Keith would be like, "I." Finally, he is probably going to say. That's a, that's a direct quotation, too, by the way. Keith would, in fact, say, I...
0: Yeah. Keith Kincaid. He's played for all the New York teams except for the hours. Keith Keith would love every fucking second of it, too. So. Yeah, because Keith Kincaid is just that kind of guy. He's very I love easy. Keith.
1: He's I chill,
0: laid back. Him. He's fantastic.
1: Love him. Absolutely adore him, and I would... Ben Air would have such a great time with Keith Kincaid.
0: He's the only former devil that I really actually unequivocally like. Um
1: Patrick Elias, I, I I I had a, I had a soft spot in my heart for Patrick Elias. Interesting. Brian Rafalski too.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I
1: do Mike, Mike Rupp. Ooh. That's a good one. I do love me some Mike Rob.
0: Yep. Um, former, former Danbury trasher, Danbury trasher legend, Mike Rob. By the way, true,
1: very true. Who else? Who else from the Devils? Should I say I have, I have a soft spot for? Uh, not Adam Henrique. He can go fuck himself.
0: Please do not mention that name on this po- on
1: this podcast. No, Alec Martinez either. That's a that, that's a slur.
0: Oof. That should be bleeped. Uh, it might. It might. Blee! <laughs> who scored the, the overtime winner in the 2014 Stanley Cup Final? Blee! Blee! Uh, don't That's know right. who that is. Don't
1: oh, know dude. who that is. Redacted. Redacted. Redacted, redacted.
0: Uh, honestly, Ryan Klo. <laughs> Even though he played eh. for the Devils for a year. Eh. I didn't really have much of an affinity,
1: an affinity towards Ryan Klo. So it's kind of like yeah, okay.
0: Honestly, even though he's played for two teams that I hate, Andy Green is like really likable. Fuck Andy Green. Come on. Fuck
1: Andy Green. No, thank you. I'm good. Okay. No. I'm just I'm just trying to have a look here and see if there are any players that we are just forgetting about. And I would I would make a good bet that there are people listening to this right now that are just screaming at us.
0: Who are Devils fans?
1: No, that are probably Rangers and Devils fans and are like, well, what about this guy? So you want the 11 players that have played for the Rangers, Islanders, and Devils? Sure. Why not? Pat Conacher, Joel Bouchard,
0: Aaron Asham. Oh, that's a name. That's a throwback. That's a name. That's a name. Aaron Asham played for the Islanders?
1: Yep. Okay. Aaron, Asham, That's where I know Aaron Asham from playing with the Islanders. That's where his, his big claim to fame is. For me, it, it is the Islanders. Uh, Mike Motto. Kevin Weeks. Love Kevin Weeks. I love Kevin Weeks. He's a vibe. Kevin Weeks is a vibe. Fantastic. A good friend of ours. Devils fans are not going to love this one, but
0: Islanders and oh. Rangers
1: fans are going to love this one. A good friend of ours. Michael Grabner.
0: Oh, big fan of Michael Grabner. I love Michael Grabner. That was a fun trade. I remember that trade. That was the yeah, trade The 2018 trade. trade deadline trade deadline.
1: Number five, are you ready for this name? I'm really going to put some Rangers fans and, and I know fans really back right now. Are you ready for this one?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: P.A. Parento. Oh, geez.
0: Oh, oh. Are we playing NHL 2009 right now?
1: L- literally, literally. <laughs> Debut for the Blue Shirts in 2009. Wow. <laughs> Good God. Number four. Mike Dunham. Three, Vladimir Malikov. Sergei Nemichinov, And number one. I'm very mad that I did not think of this one. The fucking Beezer himself. John Van Beesbrook.
0: Really? Oh, very yeah. yeah, nice.
1: Before, before, at, ladies and gentlemen, all, all, all your Rangers fans out there. Before there was a Henrik Lundqvist and before there was a Mike Richter, there was a John Van Beesbrook.
0: Well, actually there was a Jockman, but you know, so. and before John Van Beesbrook, there was Eddie Jackman. Well, that was fun. Well, okay. So you want, before, before we go, this is the
1: last thing that we do
0: before we start. What about Zach, Zach Parise? played for the Devils. He's pretty good. Fuck Zach Parise. Parise. Fuck him. Um, so you want
1: before we go, you want ten players that have played for the Islanders and the Rangers? Sure, why not? Arnie Brown, Darius Kasparaitis. <laughs> so when I went, when I went to <laughs> when I went to Islanders Rangers at the end of the regular season, I did see a Fisherman Darius Kasparaitis Islanders jersey, I was like, wow,
0: fair and then you were And then you were sent back to the to the mid nineties. Fair, I can play to you, sir. That By is the way, good work. Did you? So, a couple weeks ago, I watched, I finally watched the 30 for 30 on John Spano. It is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's great. So, number eight, we have Mike
1: McEwen. Seven, we have Glenn Healy. Love Glenn Healy. Most don't, most don't, of course, for. Uh, what he was able to do in the 1993, at the time, Wales Conference Final. Yes. Six, and save your curse words, ladies and gentlemen, Ray Ferraro. (sighs) Adam, let's let's play a little word association, shall we? Let's do a little psychological exam on you, on both of us. What's the first word that comes to mind when you think of Ray Ferraro? One word.
0: Just one? Just one. The first word that pops into your head. Honestly, I was going to say another word, but the first word that comes to my head is Homer. I say dickhead. I was also going to, dickhead was the second word. Dickhead. Dickhead. Five.
1: We have Pat Flatley, part of the Drive for Five team. Four, Greg Gilbert. The only player, by the way, who has won a Stanley Cup with both the Islanders and the Rangers. Fun fact. Three, of course, as Bruce mentioned, John Van Biesburg. Two, Don Maloney. Of course, the brother of our beautiful, beautiful, beautiful man, Dave Maloney. Yep. Love Dave. Love Dave. Great guy. He's a five. And number one, great guy. I've interviewed him. I do... Half know him. Nice dude. Pat LaFontaine.
0: Really? Yep. You know Pat LaFontaine?
1: Yes. So I have a friend. I have a friend whose parents are best friends with the parents of Pat LaFontaine.
0: The weird thing is, I whenever I think of Pat LaFontaine, I always imagine him in the Sabre jersey. Yep.
1: Yep. That's my that's my first picture as well. Him playing so
0: the I could never think about him. Like, oh, he played... I'm, I know that he played with the Rangers when in their freewheeling years when they just bought everybody. Yep. But I don't remember him playing for the Islanders. He did play for the Islanders. Interesting. All right. Well, play
1: for the Islanders. And I don't, I don't know. Hold on. Let me just check. Let me just check one thing because I feel like I, I feel like I have something that I need, that I need, that I need to say in regards to Pat LaFontaine, but I could be very wrong. Um,
0: um hold on hold on let me find it okay no no i don't need to say anything okay
1: nope i don't need to say anything i'm good
0: great well thank you for listening to this episode of the basic talk podcast final episodes of we get your podcast from my co-host ed So i am adam pastor and we will talk to you next time
1: let's fucking go rangers